Good evening. Well, good evening, New Hope. I hope everyone's doing well. My name is Adam, and I'm on staff here at New Hope. And I've got a great message for you guys tonight. So over the past few weeks, we've been looking at this inspired series, and we've been looking at what it means to be followers of Jesus, and then to walk in the Spirit every day and in every way. And today we're looking at an element of this that I think can be quite scary and a little bit tricky. We know it's the right thing to do often. We know it's the good Christian thing to do, yet we make excuses and and we push it aside and we think that's too hard, that's not for me. But I want to encourage you tonight to just really have an open mind and to revisit this part. We'll journey with it together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love. Lord, I thank you that all that you are and all that you do is good. Lord, tonight I want to pray that you can open up our hearts and minds. Lord, I want to pray that you can allow us to focus on this element. And Lord, I pray that any predetermined ideas or any predetermined thoughts we have, that you can just wipe that clean and that you can guide us in a new path. Lord, I pray that you can speak through me tonight and that each and every person in this room can understand something more about you. Amen. Awesome. I thought we'd begin by reading from the Bible. So we're going to be reading from Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. The verses should be up on the screen. And for those reading along, you can get your phones out and have a look. Awesome. Let's go. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began, began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. They gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates. The Father is set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, And a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, and suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who had been taken away from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Can you imagine this? You're you're, you're in the group of the disciples. Over the past few weeks, you've just had the crazy, most epic, emotional roller coaster of your life. First, you're having the Last Supper. First, you're having bread and wine and, and good banter with your mates. And then suddenly, your mate dies and he's hung up on a cross. And then a few days later, he comes back to you and he's alive. Like that in itself is pretty epic and pretty amazing, but it would freak you out just a little bit. And then in the next 40 days, Jesus is teaching you more and more, and you have all these really cool messages from him and these convincing proofs, and it's just so intense. 
And then to top it all off, he leaves you with one last task, one last mission for you to go out. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. So we've been called to be God's witnesses. When I first started um, to look at this passage, I was like, yep, I got this. I know what this means. I know what it means to be a witness. I went to Junior Kids Church. I've heard this Bible story several times. But then I had to think about it. And I was like, so as my witness, I've got, to, I've got to persuade people. I've got to convince people that Jesus is real. I've got, to, I've got to tell them all about him. And then I was thinking, I was like, is that what it means to be a witness? There's this TV show that I really love called Suits. It's this courtroom type drama. It can be really intense. I love the arguments. I love the... Um, Oh, the little rivalries that they've got going on between them. And in a lot of the episodes, they get a new case. And so they work together to try and figure out how they're going to win this case for this person. And a lot of the time, it can come down to the witnesses. You see, when it comes to the witnesses, is they can give their own story and they can say what they saw and give their version of events. And it often helps them push it over the edge. I know often in the TV show, it doesn't happen that way because... Harvey and Mike are super lawyers and they seem to be able to do anything. But most of the time, it's a witness that can help out. So when Jesus sent us on this mission, when he gave us this last task to go out to be witnesses, he didn't want us to be lawyers who convince people. He didn't want us to stand up in front of people and to tell them, this is how it all is and you have to believe in Jesus and Jesus did this, this and this and this. It's not a convincing act. And then he didn't call us to be judges. It's not up to us to decide what people will think and and how they'll act. That's on God. He didn't even call us to be expert witnesses. We don't have to be theologians who have gone to Bible college for two years or for two subjects or anything like that. We're just called to be witnesses just to give our version of events, our truth, our story. So that was easy for the disciples, right, to go out and to be witnesses because they were there. They saw Jesus. They saw all this happen. They saw the amazing teachings that had happened. They saw the miracles that he had done. But we don't really have that. None of us were alive when Jesus was alive. So where does that leave us? I think for us, we can fall in sort of one of three categories. I think, firstly, we, we could, A, sort of believe wholeheartedly in God. We've, we've you know, been on this journey for a while. We've, we've experienced God, and we've tangibly felt his spirit. The second group of people may be a bit newer. Maybe you've heard about God a little bit. Maybe you're starting on your journey, but you haven't exactly tangibly felt him before. You're not sure what that means. And for some of you, this could be your first time here. You may have heard something about Jesus or, or seen someone who was a bit different and you're like, I want to know what that's all about. But for all of us, we can be witnesses. It doesn't matter where you fall because you all have a story. You all have an individual journey that you can use as your testimony. So how do we share about Jesus? How do we talk to people? How do we become a witness? 
See, so back in junior kids church, when I heard about this for the first time, I heard that it, was, it involved you going out and talking to each and every person you could hear and, and just sharing any sort of truth that you could hear. And, and you know, you'll do this and, and, and it will be hard and you'll be persecuted and it'll be difficult. And you see, you start to get this funny feeling in your stomach because you're pushed out of your comfort zone. I don't know about you, but I don't like going up and talking to strangers. They can sometimes be really weird and you don't want to do that always. You don't want to be outside of your comfort zone. You want to be in your nice little bubble at home, in your blanket, watching suits. (laughs) Or at least that's where I want to be. See, we tend to focus on the negatives. Just look at today's media. Every news story, it's like negative piece, negative piece, negative piece, maybe a little fluff story about an elephant being born at the Melbourne Zoo, and then three more negative pieces. And that's what we see. We're constantly just being pushed all these negative thoughts. And it does the thing in our minds that when we hear one negative thing, we've got this little thesaurus that starts ticking over and we think of every synonym we can think of. Oh, it's bad, it's scary, I don't want to do it, it's tricky, it's hard, it makes me uncomfortable. And we straight away just want to distance ourselves from that and we want to make excuses that we don't want to do this. But you see, we don't have to worry about that. Because God can take those negatives away. All of the things that we think can be really scary, God can help us with. For some of us, we might be scared that we don't know who to go talk to, that the person that God wants us to talk to is a complete stranger. But the thing is, God can guide us in that. He can guide us to the right person. When the disciples had um, just seen Jesus go up to heaven and and they were standing there amazed, they didn't run off straight away. They needed two angels to come and tell them to move on from the spot in the first place. But from there, they didn't straight away run into Jerusalem and Samaria and start telling every single person they see about God. They came together at first and they waited for the gift that God had promised them. And once they had received that, God guided them to the right people to talk to. So if for you, you're worried about finding the right person or, or not sure that you are willing enough to step out and just speak to any random person, you see, you don't have to worry about that because God's got that part covered. And maybe for you, you don't like speaking in front of people or, you, or you're scared about the words that you want to say and you're like... Maybe, maybe I just can't do this. And you get stressed about saying the right words and wondering how you're going to say the right things and, and you get all bottled up and then you're nervous again. But, God, but God's got that covered as well. We read in Luke 12 verse 12, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at the time what you should say. That means that if we're ever worried, the Holy Spirit can teach us what to say. And then later on in that book, Jesus himself says, for I will give you the words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. Jesus will literally give you the exact right words to say for that person. That means that if you're scared that you're going to say thing, if you're scared, if you're scared that you're going to say the wrong thing, or if you're scared that you're not a theologian, you're not able to put together something to say to someone, you don't have to worry about that. Because we all have a story and Jesus can influence us in that way. It might seem 
sometimes that we're being rejected. It might seem sometimes that people don't want to buy of it when we want to chat to them. But you see, God can step in there as well. In 1 Peter 4 verse 14, we read, If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. So if you feel rejected, if you feel as though, you know, you've tried, you've listened to God, you've been guided to the right person, you're speaking the words that Jesus has given you and you feel rejected, don't get down on that. Because that's where God is blessing you. It's in your times of weakness, it's when we are weak, that God's grace comes in for us there. And if you have been given the words by Jesus, even if it seems like the person doesn't want to buy it, if they don't want to hear it, the point is they've still heard it. And Jesus wants them to hear what you've told them. So if we've been given all these little things that God's given us, he's, he's able to guide us to the right person. You know, he's able to give us the words and he's able to help us when it gets challenging. Why do we still find it so hard? Why do we still find it so hard to take, to take that first step of faith? To take that first little leap towards, towards being a witness. A few months ago, um, I was in Queensland for a holiday. And me and my brother and um, two of our friends, we went to this little nature reserve. And we, were, we had to climb through some mountains and through some um, little tracks. And we got to this little lagoon. It was really nice. And we went swimming there and it was great. And a few other people rocked up and it was awesome. And then we saw this huge rope swing. I really wanted to go onto the ropes. I really wanted to try it out. And so I set my brother up, like all good brothers do, get someone to test it first. And so he went up, he swung, and he jumped in the water. It was awesome. He had a great time. And then I was like, I, I have to do this now. I want to do this. So I, I walked up there, and I, I grabbed onto the little handlebars that someone had tied onto the rope, and I was ready to swing. And something churned inside my stomach. I suddenly didn't want to do it. I know that this rope's okay. I've just seen my brother swing on it. I know that it's safe below. I've swum all around there. I know there's no rocks. I know it's a nice little pretty Queensland lagoon, yet I'm still scared. But I needed to take that leap of faith. You see, no matter how much God can help us with, with guiding us, with giving us the words to say, it's still up to us to take that leap of faith. It's still up to us to take that first step and to go up to someone. We're not much use being a witness at home, watching Netflix in bed. But you see, it's there in our weaknesses that God can make us strong. Do you know what made me jump on that day? Do you know what made me go? A little bit that my brother went and I had to be on par with him. But a little bit about the people around as well, encouraging me, saying, no, Adam, you'll be fine. You'll be safe. You're in good hands, the good watery hands of a Queensland lagoon. So I jumped. And I think that's really true when it comes to being a witness for God as well. If you look around you tonight, there are lots of people here in lots of different communities of hope. 
You know, we're all together in, in some aspect. And if we work together for something, you can do so much more. Because it's not as scary if you're not there on your own. It'd be pretty scary if you were on a football field and you've got the ball and you're running down and you've got a whole team of big, ugly men running towards you. But if you've got a team with you, you know you're okay. And what's even better is if you've got a coach, if you've got a good leader giving you the directions, telling you where to go, you know that you'll be okay. And that's exactly what God does for us. But if we do it in community, we can be even stronger because it's not just one person stepping out. It's not just one person taking a leap of faith. It's lots of people doing it. And when lots of people take steps, when lots of people build momentum, you get something going that can be really cool. You can pray and support each other in your communities of hope. Whether you're someone that's known Jesus for your whole life or whether you are someone that is just starting to ask questions, no matter where you are in your walk with God, God can provide you with the words to say and you can be a witness for him. Even when it's challenging for us, even when we think we can't do it. Why, it's, why is it so easy to talk about God when you're in church? But as soon as we leave those doors, it's hard. Like I'll stand here most Sundays having a chat to people in the seats or, or a kid's church and I'll talk about Jesus and I'll talk about what's going on. But as soon as I leave this place, it often just gets really hard. Because it's socially acceptable to talk about Jesus in here, but it's countercultural out there. But you see, it's meant to be countercultural. That's what the whole book of Acts is about, really. Jesus sending us on this mission, on this task, and us taking that and being a witness outside. It's great to talk about God at church. It's great to talk about God in your communities of hope. But are we listening to what Jesus told us to do if we don't? go out? Are we taking on his final mission if we don't talk to other people about who Jesus is? If we're not sharing our own stories about how God has impacted us? What's been holding us back? What's been, what's been getting in our way? Because you know Jesus will guide us. He'll give us those words. He'll help us when it's hard, yet we still don't want to. Tonight, I really want to challenge you in your little communities to to pray for each other. Because I think there's ways that each and every one of us can step out and be a witness for God. Whether it's as simple as talking to someone that you don't know on the train about Jesus, or whether it's being open about what you do on your weekends, whether you tell a colleague that you were at church on Sunday night and they're like, oh, that's cool. What's church? And you can tell them a little little bit about that. But I think God's really put something on my heart and on your hearts to want to seek that out. When I started reading, um, reading more about like this part of Acts and, and this part of Jesus' story, I was like, why am I not doing this? Why am I not doing this if God has literally given me everything? 
It's like he's written the test for me. He's given me all the answers. I just have to go and hand it in. That's where communities come in. That's where we can come in for each other and help each other out. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you can give us the strength and the courage to step out when we find it hard. Lord, I pray that we can be a witness, not just within the church, but within the wider community. Lord, I pray that any predetermined ideas or thoughts that we have had, Lord, that you can scrap that and fill that in with biblical truths, biblical truths that say that you'll guide us and that you'll give us the words. Lord, I thank you that no matter what we do, no matter where we are, you will always support us. Lord, I pray tonight that we search deep within ourselves, that we search and listen for your calling. Lord, guide us to the right person. Guide us to the right area. And Lord, I pray that you can give us the right words. And Lord, I pray that we can support each other when times seem tough. God, I thank you for your love. And I thank you for your calling. 